Jordash. What's up, bud? How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Welcome to uh, my podcast, Made from Scratch. Hey, love it, man. I'm better than I deserve. <laughs> I don't think so. You're awesome, man. So I really appreciate your time and you know willingness to hop on here. And so for uh, future listeners, I just wanted to uh, have you give uh, you know like a little brief about um, who you are, what you do, um, where you work, and what they're about, and and then you know get into it. Definitely, definitely. Like I say, well, I appreciate you guys having us on. I'm excited to chat with you and your listeners today. Uh, so my name is Jordash Johnson. Yes, 80s baby, hippie mother, you named after a brand of clothes, so that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but now all jokes aside, so I've been in the uh, – so I, 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 I would say my career started in the finance accounting world, um, and I saw the light, and then I basically been in the entrepreneur startup world, software world for almost the last eight years, nine years now. Um, I work currently. I work at a company called Sumo.com, um, and basically, what Sumo does, we have a basically a toolkit for websites and people who have businesses online to basically help you guys automate the growth in many different ways and help you guys um, turn those visitors into conversions. So, um, I work on the growth and optimization team. So, I do a lot of working with our customers, basically showing them how to leverage our tools more effectively, help them um, improve their conversions on their site, things along those lines. Um, and prior, before I joined Sumo, I had my own consulting agency. I ran for about five years, anything around um, web development, web design, um, conversions, digital marketing, things along those lines. So um, been here a while, been, been here for about a year now and enjoying it so far, and they haven't kicked me out yet, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And, you know, one of the, the places that I like to look with folks um, on this podcast is making it personal, right? So you were in mm-hmm. finance, and you said something about Seeing the light, uh, which sounds yep. like, you know, maybe you realized that wasn't the place for you. So what was that about and what was the shift like moving from wherever you were at um, in the finance sector to entrepreneurial uh, startups and that kind of thing? Definitely, definitely. That's a good question. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to date myself here for a second. but um, So I graduated undergrad um, in 2008. So you can imagine graduating um, with a finance and accounting degree in 2008 when the, when the whole finance world was melting down was, was an interesting time, to say the least. So um, mm. I, you know, I was blessed enough to get a good opportunity with a, uh, a company. I, I won't say their name, but I work, you guys can look at my LinkedIn. But, um, but worked with them. Uh, they were based on the East Coast. Um, and I joined them within like a financial leadership program. So basically every six months they were moving me into a different area of finance. So I was doing anything from investment planning and analysis to derivative accounting and internal audit, um, financial analysis, things along those lines. Um, and really there's a couple things for me. You know, it was a great experience, you know, overall. Um, you know, I, I love the people I worked with over there. But, you know, one of the big things for me was, you know, when I graduated in 2008, you know, for the, the 24 years, 23 years prior to that, um, you know, everybody was telling you, hey, go to college, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, do this whole thing, right, job security. Now, um, when I was, you know, when I, when I graduated and I was there, I, I remember this explicitly, like, on the, you know, within the first few months, you know, when I joined or right before I joined in July, our stock price, I remember, was like right around $32 a share. By November, I mean it was under it was under a dollar a share, right? So it got, it, we just got hit. Wow! And you know, and and then during that time, man, I was I'm dead serious. Like I'm watching people that have been at that company for 15, 20 years is getting laid off left and right, right? Because and it makes sense from a business mm. standpoint. It's like I can go hire someone out of school, pay you one third of what I'm paying this other person, but then you know, but then you know that other person that that's been there for a long time that has all that experience, you're gonna get, let them walk out the door because it just costs too much. So like that really mm. hit me home right there. I was like. 
holy crap, like, there's no such thing as job security. Like, you got to own your own life. You got to be like, I always, there's a, there's a, a poem called Invictus, right? And the last line is like, the captain of my ship, or the, I'm the uh, master of my ship, I'm the captain of my soul, right? And it really took, I really took that to heart because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, no one's out there looking out for you besides yourself, right, or your family. So, hmm. so that was kind of one thing. And then really at the end of the day, um, you know, I, when I was going into finance, like, I love numbers. I love, you know, the, the aspect of it. But I always knew that I was always going to, you know, be in the entrepreneurial space. My mom's owned her own business for 15 years. My sister um, does her own thing as well. So it was good for me to get that experience because I think it's very good for people, especially coming out of school, to have like a, I call it the key skills. So yeah, you're very, very good with, you know, you're an expert in something, but then you have a broad skill set, right? So for me, I was like, when I was coming out of school, I was like, you know, every company needs to understand their numbers. Everybody needs to understand finances, accounting, et cetera. So it's like, it gave me a good understanding of how businesses run from a, from a uh, monetary standpoint or from an ROI, things along those lines. And so that really kind of set my foundation, right, to have this, to be able to pick up a financial statement, read a financial statement, can be able to, I could tell you problems with your business just by looking at numbers. Mm, well, I say all that mm, because and, once I kind of got to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I, I keep, keep, it, oh. keep, it, keep it rolling. Gotcha, gotcha. So once I kind of got to this point of like, okay, look, you know, these guys, you know, at the end of the day, like they're running the business, right? So there's no such thing as job security. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I was, I just really wasn't, um, I could feel like it was affecting like all aspects of my life. I wasn't enjoying like getting excited coming to work and really, I, and I was, and don't get it twisted. I was making good money, but at the end of the day, it's like, one, I didn't have time to spend my money because I was working some long hours. Two, I was traveling a lot. Three, it was just like, if I'm not excited about this, I'm thinking I was 24, 25 at the time. I'm like, you know, life's only going to get more complicated. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a family. I don't want to be that dad mm. traveling all over the world with one of my kids playing baseball, things like that. So I was like, is this really the lifestyle that I want, right? Is this really the, the, the what I really want to invest my next, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of my life in this space? And once, and really it came down to it is like, you know, at once, at one point, um, uh, somebody in the, pro, in the, one of the, the champions of the program basically long story short, told me he knew what was better for my career than what I knew. And at that point, that was actually hmm. January 11th of 2010. I'll never forget that conversation. At that point, I was like, I knew it was time for me to leave. Um, so really what hmm. I did is, like, you know, I basically, um, it was like this, that was basically the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, you know what, like time to make changes. So at that point in time, I started, I was like, you know, I don't want to just pick up and leave. I came and visited my sister by that, by that October um, I came to visit my sister here in Austin. I was like, I love Austin. I actually interviewed for with a company down here while I was still visiting my sister. They ended up offering me the job. So that basically, I went back to uh, where I was at on that, on Sunday, and then that Monday, I put my two weeks in. And I packed up my car and I drove down here, drove to Austin um, from the north. Wow! Uh, basically, within 24 hours. So I was like, I'm out. Wow! So, that's yeah. amazing. So you saw the light and you took action immediately. Totally, man. There's, because there's, I mean, and that, that, that applies to everything, man. That's like, even like with I'm, the company, or, you know, with Sumo and I'm working with customers or even when I had my clients, like there's only, you can only consume so much knowledge before it's like, there's, you have to do something with that information, right? Or that data or that, you know, the, uh, the, whatever you, whatever you experience or whatever it may be. Cause if not, it's just like, like I, I still work with some of my friends They're like, man, I hate my nine to five. I want to do, I want to start my own business. I'm like, well, why don't you do it? What are you doing to, to work towards that? Like, you don't, obviously you're not, don't, don't jump off a cliff and say, I'm out and, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to go start my own business. You have nothing doing it, right? But you can do it in a very smart, effective way. You've got a paycheck coming in. What, I'll tell you right now, you talk to any entrepreneur, one of the biggest things that one of the biggest risks is you're not, you might not get a paycheck for a few months. So start figuring out how you can, yeah. when you have that paycheck coming in right now, how can you start proving out your idea or vetting your idea or, you know, slowly launch your idea while you still have money coming in to get you to a point where you can supplement your income and just leave and you're really not going to take it 
the income hit. So at the end of the day, it's all about, at the, like, no matter what you're talking about, whether you're talking about, you know, doing something for your business or you're working on, you know, conversions on your website or you're just trying to lead the nine-to-five to entrepreneurship, it all comes down to action and execution. And I, I, I was a co-founder of a tech startup for three and a half years, and we raised about a million dollars. And I'll tell you right now, one of our biggest pitfalls was we were not taking the right action. We were just doing way too much tinkering in, inside the four walls versus getting out there and just mm. acting on things. So that, that just applies across the board. It's, it's action, action and execution will either will, – it was a big indicator whether you'll be successful or not in any aspect of your life. Amazing. Oh, my God. That was so inspirational. So let me ask you this. You know, there's like such a big vision. You're so full of life. So how, how, does, um, how does that translate to what you're doing now? And, you know, without getting too, uh, you yeah. know, technical about w- what, what Sumo is or whatever, it sounds like it's a yeah. very versatile way for you to impact people in the way that you've wanted. So, like, how, how do you find, you know, with all of this experience you've got and with all of your passion and thrill of life, like, thrusting it forth in this business? Like, how does that, what is that like? Definitely, definitely. So I'll tell you right now, like, I remember when, when, they, uh, when, when they hit me up and, they, you know, they basically gave me an offer to come work for them. It took me a, a few, I would say, a little while to kind of sit down and think about it because I was like, do I really want to stop working for myself and go work for another company and give up, you know, the, the, the pros and, I mean, the, the benefits of, you know, the flexibility, um, you know, I can pick and choose my clients, things like that. And, you know, it really when I kind of peeled back the onion, it was like I really – there was like a little bit of an ego there. It's like, you know, it's always like good to say, mm. yeah, I have my own business or I run my own business or, you know, I'm CEO of XYZ at the end of the day. And I, once I kind of sat down and reflected on it, I'm like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? It's, it's, it really comes down to two things for me. Number one – do I enjoy what I'm doing? Like, can I wake up every day and say, I'm excited to come do X, Y, Z, whether that's working with a client, whether that's coming to the office, whether that's working with my teammates, whatever it is. And, and, and based off that first experience I got told you when I was in finance, I just drew the line and said, I was like, you know what, Jordan, that's like, don't do anything you don't enjoy. Life's too short. So I just drew the line. I was like, if I don't mm. enjoy it, I'm not going to do it, right? So number one, like, that was, that was number one thing. And number two, it's, it, it's, I'm basically doing a lot what I was doing when I was consulting. I had my own agency. I'm working with people around their business. And one of the best things, like the most, one, how I get some of my most, or the biggest inspiration in my life is like when I can help somebody either start their business or improve their business or make it be a game changer in their business because I understand personally from, from my mom and my sister and myself how much of an impact and freedom someone can get when they launch and run their own business, whether it's time, whether it's financial, whatever it is. So I can – I can truly say that I can impact other people's lives by basically helping them out with the business. And so what the bed, like one of the things I enjoy all day, every day, is when I jump on you know, a video call and I review people's sites and I give them advice and give them tidbits on how to improve their site, like, number one, I'm talking to businesses all over the world. Like I had a call this morning with somebody from Sydney, right? So I'm getting exposure to business models and businesses in, in many different verticals all across the world, which is helping my knowledge, and I'm learning, I'm being challenged. But at the same time, I can use that, my experience from previous, whether it's finance, whether it's when I was consulting, whether I was a co-founder, to basically cross-pollinate that knowledge and bring it to their side. So it's just like when I was doing a consultant. If I had a client that was, let's say, let's say in the in the health and fitness space, but I also had a client mm. before in the, in the drone and UAA space, drone and UAE or UA space, excuse me. Um, Basically, I'm, I'm able to say, hey, this works for these guys over here. How can this be applicable to these guys over here and make it ap- and basically make it actionable for these guys? And so it's basically taking knowledge from other industries or other companies, things like that, and being able to apply it and see the results. And then that's, like, that's where I get most excited when I get emails like, oh, my gosh, Jordan, I, I just implemented what you guys just talked about, what we just talked about, and I got X, Y, Z results I might see. Um, like, I, can go, I can go put my head on the pillow at night because I'm enjoying what I'm doing mm. with people. So. 
That's awesome, man. Yep. That's really awesome. So it sounds like you've found a great place uh, sort of to, uh, to put all those skills and that passion to use, and you have this very diverse background. What do you see from the station you're at now um, that the evolution of digital marketing or some of these kind of platform-based tools that are coming out and maybe, maybe things at Sumo, like how is it going to change how small business runs? And I'm most interested from, you know, uh, a competitive perspective. So you're able to help yeah. companies compete, and there's a lot yeah. of companies that have access to your kinds of tools. So what do you think it's going to be uh, for especially small businesses in the future to compete and what kind of things are coming out in the market that are going to help them do that? Definitely. You know, I'll tell you right now, like I, I deal with this probably at least once a day when I'm talking to people. It's like people need to learn, number one, they need to learn how to embrace technology, right? People are scared of technology because it changes either their current patterns, it changes their current processes, or they're just not, they're intimidated because they don't feel like they can understand it, right? So if, if, if you don't embrace technology, like, and, and, the, and the changes that are coming out, you're not staying on top of what's, you know, coming out, like, you will be, you will fall behind, right? Now, I take, take that with a caveat because you don't want to be that entrepreneur that's, that's chasing the shiny new toy all the time, right? You need to understand what works. Mm-hmm. So, one one of the things that like there's this guy his name is uh Scott Brinker I think his name is he's from a, a blog or a website I think it's called like Martech Guru or something something along those lines you you can look it up and put it in the show notes but basically like he had he did an awesome job of like, kind of explaining this like because really content marketing is becoming king right in many different ways we can talk hmm. about in the details in that in a second but like he's really talking about like how there's like like right now we're entering the fourth wave of content marketing right. So when and when I say content marketing, whether that's a blog post, whether that's short little videos, whatever, like anything that's going to basically create visual or text based, that's going to basically either educate your audience, you know, um, or basically add value to your audience, or explain or you know talk about your products or services or whatever it may be. So obviously everybody's familiar with blogs and all that good stuff, right? But really, kind of like the four ways he talked about it was like first it was web pages, right? Remember, like I remember back in like 2004, like when you like only the big sites had web pages, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Like Coca-Cola and all this other stuff. There's not, but so that was kind of like the first wave. Like, hey, we're in this digital space. There's web pages, right? And then eventually it became like talking about like the rich content, right? Like the HTML, the videos, putting images, things like that. And then eventually, like where majority of people are like trying to get to now is between the second and third wave, which is like specifically small businesses. It's like going from that rich content to like this more of a personalization type of thing, right? For for your visitors and things like that. How do you personalize the the, the messaging? How do you personalize the experience? for your users, right? And there's a lot of tools out there that can help you with that. Some are pricey, some are not so pricey. But then really the fourth wave is kind of like these marketing apps, right? Like, and you'll see them out there. You'll start seeing these guys a lot more present. Like, for example, like someone could be like, hey, you know, enter your email address and we'll create an SEO, um, you know, an SEO uh, report for you guys type of thing, right? And so a lot of people are creating these little marketing, these little apps that like whether it's a graders or like, hey, answer these four questions. We'll recommend you guys an, an email service provider that would be a good fit for you guys. So that's kind of like the, the, the next thing is trying to not only personalize it, but being able to um, basically create these little apps around verticals or, or, um, or, I guess, industries to be able to help guide, you know, your visitors along either adding value to their business or to be able to push them along your sales funnel, right? So I say that because, like I said, right now, content marketing is king. Like, that's one of the best ways, like, generating content. It does take a lot of work. It does take some time from SEO and stuff to kick in. But if you're not creating content, whether it's blog, whether it's social media content, like, you're, you're falling behind, and pretty soon you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. Um, with that, so like, so I, like I said, content's number one. The, the two, the two other, two or three other big ones, I would say, some of the other trends that are happening that we see 
It's really like I was going back to that personalization. It's really marketing automation, right, whether it's like web personalization or whether it's like behavioral email marketing. So basically truly understanding when to hit up somebody, what to show them, and then like how to show them all in the right time, right, because there's a lot of timing that, has, that comes into play when somebody's ready to buy. Don't show them don't, – don't, because basically if you, come to my, if you come to a site that's like, hey, buy this now, buy this now, and I'm not, I don't even – I know your name and I know your website. I don't know anything else about it. That's like me going on a right. – a woman and the first two minutes I'm saying, hey, let, let's go get married, right? So it's like, how do you, right, like, right. How do you continue, continue to warm it up and continue to like build up the trust and rapport with the visitors? And that you do that through content. You do that through videos. You do that by being able to creating trust and rapport and adding value to your visitors. Once, once you have that trust, then they're going to be like, hey, I trust this person. I trust this brand. Let's, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot with what they're talking about because they've already told me they're experts or they've already gotten me results by putting out some of this free stuff. So there's a lot of this marketing automation, and like, whether it's drip sequences, email campaigns, webinars, whatever it is, there's a whole bunch of uh, strategies and tactics underneath that. But like being able to automate that and personalize your user's experience is going to be key, and it's only going to get more and more as the better technology comes out and things like that. So between, just to kind of recap, so content marketing, you know, mar- marketing automation, obviously big data, and then as much data as we're collecting is going to basically become that machine learning to be able to create those personalized experiences, things like that. But I will tell you right now, like, this is something I'm, I'm definitely keeping my eye on even more and more is, is this whole fad with the AR, VR. Like, that's going to be such a game changer. Mm. For like obviously, as you guys know, like when, whenever something new comes out, like the big the big boys and girls are going to use it first, and it's going to start trickling down for more uh, where it's going to be actually you know economical, feasible for like some small businesses. But like I was just on um, I was just on a site yesterday, and it was like a makeup site, and how they're using VR now is like they're going to be able to allow like women to try on their lipstick through VR before they even purchase it, right? So being able to create that right. experience. Through, through, or excuse me, not VR, AR, through AR, and it's going to be able to be able to say, okay, look, I can see how your, how your, let's say your lipstick looks on, you know, on my lips, not my lips, but you know, a girlfriend's and my girlfriend's lips or something like that. Yeah. To be able to say, like, hey, when she sees that herself, she can tell, do I like that or not, you know, versus me trying to look, trying to look at the color through my monitor, which might, uh, my monitor might distort the colors or whatever it may be. So a lot of that stuff's going to like that AR and VR stuff's going to be some game changing stuff. I would say over the next, you know, one to three years, because as it becomes more mainstream i mean i was even talking with one of my colleagues here and we're like you know even for like real estate agents right like when i, I just bought a house a couple of years ago and i probably went and looked at probably 12 or 15 houses now i could eventually come to like a real estate office put on a vr set that yep. 20 properties in 10 minutes right so like there's like all these other things that are going to be able to like once again it all comes down to how can you create a better experience a more personalized experience in the most efficient fashion for your visitors or for your customers and you can use what utilize all these different technologies and, and strategies to do that now that, kind of that was a question? mouth yes that definitely answered my question and it brought up a sort of philosophic um question that i have which is so we're trying to make these experiences more personalized, and there's sort of a disconnect or a, a kind of um, paradox that I see in that we want to make things more personal. And so what we're doing is we're drawing from all this secretive data that people don't even realize is up for sale or up for grabs or up yep. for merging with these different systems. And then in a sense, like if, if, I go, if I were to go into a store, like a real live store, and someone were to say to me, yep. hey, Matt, I have these pants that you were looking at online the other day, that would freak me right out. That would be like <laughs> so, so weird. But if you go on a website and they're like, hey, Matt, here's a pair of pants. It's kind of like that thing you were looking at on Amazon. 
you know, in a yep. way that's more personal because it definitely is uh, personal to me, but it's kind of impersonal in the way that they acquire the information. So do you Correct. see any kind of um, technology or people or conversations about how we address that aspect of it? Honestly, like, I, so that's, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because we, we were just having a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago here at Sumo because one of the things is, like, people don't here's, – here's the thing that people don't realize – like, this whole concept of big data that was, you know, the hot topic four or five years ago, you know, three or five years ago, like, people don't understand, like, they've been collecting people, as, as long as credit cards have been in existence, people have been mm-hmm. collecting data on you left and right, right? So people don't even understand, like, you guys have been getting tracked left and right, let alone, well, we won't even go into the smartphone, NSA, and all that other stuff with the tracking and stuff, right? So, like, the reality comes down to it as is, like, I think people, and, and it, it, I think it's more of a generational thing too, especially like you know my generation, generation before or after me, and things like that. Like we're we like even like the people in college now, like you, they've grown up with iPhones like majority of their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in high school now, and so it's just like we're we're just so used to this stuff. Like hey, our data's out there, but the thing is, like when people can truly understand that when you can give someone data about yourself and they can make your life better, easier, more efficient, easier to make decisions, like that's when it can be used for the good side, right? That's when it can be a, a very mm. valuable tool to utilize for that. Now, when like what you're talking about is like saying like, holy crap, like, I walk in a store and if I walk into Home Depot, they'll be like, hey, I saw you were looking like this on our website and here's your tools you need. I'm going to first be like, how the hell did you know that first? But second one, I'm yeah, be like, yeah. oh, thank you. You just saved me. You just saved me 30 minutes of my time walking around Home Depot trying to find that stuff, right? So, like, there, there is right. good, but it's just like with anything, man. When, when there's something that's good or valuable for you, someone can manipulate it and use it in a, in a very negative way, right? But the, the reality comes down to it as is, like, as long as, you know, people are using this stuff in, a, in, in, a, in an effective way and, like, not selling data to third parties where I didn't give you consent to and I'm starting to get a whole bunch of spam and stuff, like, yeah, definitely. I don't want I, – I got I, – I clean out my inbox. I'm at inbox zero almost all the time because I can't stand spam, right? But it's one of those things where it's just like if, if, if it can be used in a good way, in an effective way, it's only going to add value to not only your experience but your your visitor's experience or your customer's experience. And, 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 and it's going to basically at the end of the day, it's going to help you guys get the results that you want to provide to your customers in a lot better fashion so they can make decisions better. So there is that scary part, but I think it's just going to take people time to get over that. And that's I don't think there's really anything that's in like – force that upon us. It's just like more of a society thing where it's like it's becoming more and more the norm. It's just like, I mean, I remember when people were freaking out when Amazon used to be able to recommend things that I just looked at. Like, how did you just know I looked at that? Now it's like we don't even think twice when it's like, oh, my God, thank you, Amazon. I didn't even realize I needed that. But you put it right in front of me. You just made me my, you just saved me an hour from searching online trying to figure out what's the best one to use. And, and I mean, right, right. using Amazon as an example, like they're going to like – they're, between Amazon and Google, like those, those guys are big brothers right now. We've just got to have faith that they're going to use this stuff in a, in, a, in a good way. But the reality, I mean, even with the, like Amazon just acquiring Whole Foods, like our whole, the way we shop for groceries is going to change now because Amazon, Amazon not only had the technology, now they got the scale of 421 stores that they can implement this mm-hmm. stuff. Right? So it's like, like all this data is going to basically just make our lives better. But obviously there's always that risk of like people can use that data or that information in, in, in malicious ways as well. And I think until we kind of – the, 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 go ahead. Yeah, no, it's interesting what you were talking about um, earlier in that, in that, uh, that part of what you were saying in, in terms of the way that uh, people are either educated or allowed in. And I think one of the things about Sumo that seems to be – um, taking a very responsible approach is it's really like providing um, a, a communication platform between 
that's automated between the website and yep. the website user as opposed to just like scarfing your information and then uh, you know thrusting ads upon you. So I think one of the things to look out for definitely are people that are, um, you know, uh, there there is maliciousness and there is malevolent, malevolent intent. I think that's something to look out for and to notice yep. when the tools are being used in a way that's very much just like, well, if a digital world were to be helpful, this is what it would look like, versus if a digital world were, were to be big brother-like, this is what it would look like. Yep. So I think that that's a really, um, you know, profound place to, to look. And, you know, the, the idea of this podcast being made from scratch, I like to highlight the areas of business, the areas of business development and companies yep. where we're in new, new waters, uncharted territories. We're all kind of making certain parts of it up as we go despite being based on a lot of data, despite being based on a lot of really great ideas, the truth is that even even Facebook is a social network that's been around for about 10 years. We don't have a social network that's been around for 50 years yet. So there's really no telling exactly. how some of these things are going to evolve. And, and though there are giants in this space, even people like Google, you know, there there is no um, General Electric of the Internet yet. There is no exactly. Disney of the Internet yet. There's there's no yep. – and, and as fast as people can scale, you can't scale 100 years faster than it takes to be around for that long. So I think we're exactly. in for very exciting times, very, very wild times. And I'm wondering if you have sort of like a final note you'd like to leave folks with or a thought, a question, or something that you want to um, help us sign off with here. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it, it, it is uh, kind of like what I said in the beginning, right? There's all these different tools. There's all these different things out there from, uh, you know, that you can use in, on, the, in a, you know, on your business online, on social media, things like that. The key is going to be is it, it really comes down to a couple things. Number one, you know, it, you always – everything you should be – everything you're doing in your business, you need to treat it as an experiment, right? So try it out. Set an experiment. Set an, a, a, like a, an a achievable goal that you want to hit and then be able to track that, right? So it comes down to basically – Run an experiment, tracking it, and then being able to get results and learn from that, right? So one of the things is, is like, like for example, like I'm I'm kicking off my own per, one of my own another personal blog here in, in in about a couple weeks now, right? And so it's one of those things where we're saying, okay, like Jordan asked, like yes, you should be on Instagram, you should be on Facebook, you should do this, but like no, let's pick one, let's do it very very well, and let's test it out and see how it does, right? Same thing we do at Sumo, right? It's like we come out with new ideas, we come out with new features, we're gonna test it on a small scale. If it works, we pour gasoline on it, right? So it comes down to creating these experiments, continuously testing them out, but really at the end of the day, like I said in the beginning, it all comes down. Nothing's going to be achievable in your business or in your life unless you take action and you basically you execute on that action and then learn whether it worked or it didn't work. And if it didn't work, you should ask yourself, why didn't it work, and learn from those learnings. So every situation, you can take something good out of it, but at the end of the day, you guys need to just continue to basically continue to take action on things and test things out because if you can't track it, you can't, you're, you're not going to learn from it. Um, so that would be the biggest thing. Now, regarding like just with like just in general, like email marketing is never going away, so don't stop emailing and collecting emails because you can use those emails in so many different ways, one of the best ways. Obviously, there's a lot of other different, you know, ways you can communicate, whether it's SMS, things like that. But just in general, like pick one thing, test it out, see how it goes, go on to the next thing, and you should always be continuing to run experiments and, and basically learn it from your experiences along the way. Love it, man. Thank you so much for your time. A lot of amazing stuff. I can't wait to listen back to it. I really appreciate you hanging out with us and love to have you back awesome, again man. Hey, man, it'd be my honor, Take buddy. Good luck with everything. Say, say hello to all your listeners out there, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Jordan. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.